Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Church, good to see everybody here today. Hey, we've got a packed house. So if we, I'm saying this for our ushers and greeters, if we have people coming in late, we have room on the right side, the front right, my right, your left. Um, today we have a busy day, I've said that. So for all of you parents or all you pre-lunch leavers is what I call you, um, let me let you know something. We have communion that we're doing corporately at the end of service, so don't leave um, quite yet. We'll take uh, communion corporately together, and then after that, we have our Connect Group kickoff. As you came in, you saw a bunch of tents in the parking lot. This is not a flea market during the weekends. We actually um, are doing this on purpose. We put it outside on purpose, not necessarily on a 100-degree day, um, but... Uh, we want to make sure, we believe one of our core values is we're better together. And we don't just say that and hope it happens. We want to try to make that a reality for everyone here. And so if you're not involved in a, what we, in a small group, which is what we call connect groups, we would love for you to get involved, love for you to stop by one of the tables. There is something for almost everyone, and we keep trying to expand our connect groups quicker and quicker and more and more and more. And so if you would like to get involved in a connect group, get signed up. We would love to have you be a part. A couple of things before we get into the message today. Um, next week is Labor Day weekend, and we understand that. And in the church world, that means guest speaker weekend, right? Um, and guest worship leader. And so you're like, ah, Justin won't be there. Hear me. I'm going to be here. Shannon's going to be here. We're not taking it off. We're putting the metal to the, the pedal to the metal. Um, pedal to the metal. Um, we're, we're going, we're not taking the week off. So if you're in town, we know there's going to be a lot of you leaving, going to the lake, all that. We get that. Be safe. But if you're here, don't just be like, ah, they're not going to be here. We're going to be here. We hope to see you here. And if you've got family, bring them. Um, the other thing is this, that next week after Labor Day weekend is September 9th, that day is a day which will live in infamy because it is our 10-year-old birthday foundation church on September 9th. Yes. And so, we want you to invite your family, your friends. It'd be a great Sunday for them to check everything out. School's back in session. Fall is happening. And um, make sure that you're here for that service because it's going to be incredible. And then we start a series after that Sunday called My Dirty Mouth, which is going to be awesome. Um, some of you are like, what are you talking? It's not about cussing either. So, maybe it's a little bit about cussing, but not all about cussing. So, Hey, this morning, my present to you is this may be the quickest sermon you hear for the rest of the year. So enjoy. Enjoy. Yes. Um, I know. I know you're twisted and sick. But um, 
because we want to make sure we have enough time for everything after service. Today we are in a series called Fundamentals. It is our third week, and just to really kind of give you the main idea of what Fundamentals is all about, it's about what are some fundamental things that we as followers of Christ very easily get away from. Because the fundamental things, if we can learn to keep the fundamental things of following Jesus active in our life, a lot of time, not all the time, but a lot of time, most of the things stay on track track. And so if you have missed the previous weeks, man, go back and listen to them and just let it resharpen your life and your mind and your soul. And make sure, man, am I, am I doing this? Do I need some work? Because I'll be honest, even as your pastor, the things that sometimes I really struggle with are the fundamental things. And so today, as, as we kind of have that idea, I want to talk to you on the topic of faith on the topic of faith and what it really is. Because there's been a lot of of incorrect speaking, incorrect teaching on the topic of faith. And so um, when when Casey and I were dating, we broke up uh, a couple of times, um, which was all my fault. I bear the blame. Um, I was an idiot, and we'll get into that another day and another time. But um, because I'm an idiot a lot of times. But we, we, were, we gotten together the final time, it was the third time, and I knew I wasn't getting a third strike on this. Um, this, was, this was it, and we had dated a year and a half to two years, right in that area. In 1998, which I know is a long time ago, um, I, I know, I'm realizing my friends are taking their kids to college, and I'm like, I am not that old. I am not that old. If I say it loud enough five times, it becomes a reality. But... Um, we, we, we were at that place, you were either going to get engaged, you know, if you like it, you better put a ring on it, uh-uh, 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 um, but I had a skirt on, it looks a lot better, um, but I'm a man, um, <clears throat> um, <laughs> this may be a fast sermon, we'll see, um, and, and we were either going to get engaged or we were going to break up. And so it's Valentine's. We, as college students, uh, my mother-in-law had bought us Harry Connick Jr. front row tickets to the Harry Connick Jr. to see you album concert, which was awesome. It's amazing. Um, and so we, 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 I had reservations for the top of Reunion Tower, which is the really bright lit, uh, looks like a bright lit, like, sphere ball that you can eat dinner up. And um, so we had reservations there. We were going to Harry Connick Jr. And and, and it got so serious, we put on like she was wearing a dress. I wore a suit. I put my suspenders on, folks. Now, let me tell you something. These are the real suspenders. And when I put this on, it was magic time. Like, I'm, I'm going to bring these back in style. Next suit I get, I'm going to make sure it's got buttons so I can wear these suckers. Um, because I'm telling you, it was business time when the suspenders were on. And so you better believe when I could take my jacket off, I was. I was like, nope, I don't need a jacket because I got these on, right? Makes the girls go crazy. And so... <laughs> There I am, and I got my suspenders on. I go to pick her up. Little did I know, 
all of her hall roommates, all the girls on the hall were like, this is it. This is it. You are getting engaged tonight. This, this. And they're taking pictures of her because this is the last time she's not going to have a ring on her finger, right? Like, this is it. And I'm like walking up to get Casey and all the girls are like, and I'm like, what's going on? You know, like, I'm like, what's happening? This is crazy. You're creepy. Um, and so... We went, I mean, I just had a great time. I had no idea. We get done with the night and no question was asked. The, the question wasn't asked. There were questions asked, um, but the, the question was not asked. And she goes back and they're like, are you kidding me? What an idiot. What a jerk, you know? And um, here's the deal. When that happened, Casey, Casey didn't get mad. At least she didn't tell me that she was mad. Sometimes you get mad and you don't say anything. That happens a lot of times. Um, but... I wasn't aware of it, and, and I wasn't even aware of the hype. Like, until we got married, Casey never told me that, yeah, everybody thought you were going to pop the question and thought you were a big jerk because you didn't. Um, you know, uh, I had no idea. But here's what Casey did know. Even though it didn't go the way she thought or the way others thought or the way that others envisioned, she knew I loved her, and she knew a ring was coming. She had faith <laughs> that a ring was on the way. And, and, and that's what I want to talk to us about. Can you still have faith when life doesn't go the way you envisioned it? Can, can you still have faith when life doesn't take the path you thought it would take? Today, I want to make our text Mark chapter 9. And it may be an odd place for some of us to think of faith, especially verses 20 through 24, but I think it's a perfect place for us to talk about faith. And so Mark chapter 9, verses 20 through 24, it says this, and they brought the boy to him, talking about Jesus Christ, brought the boy to Jesus Christ. And when the spirit saw Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can't, like this is like, if you can, boy, do you know who you're talking to? Like, I am, G maybe you haven't heard of me. Here's my business card, you know, son of God. Um, but... If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And immediately, I love this verse, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. I know you can, but I'm not sure if you will. The way the message translation reads that phrase is, I believe, help me with my doubts. And if you understand the text a little bit more, it helps to understand the aspect of the Father. Can you guys turn me down just a hair on the board a little bit? Here's what's going on. The Father, Jesus asked the Father this question, how long has this been happening to him? And the boy says, from early childhood. That means most Bible scholars believe that this has been happened, that this boy is now at least, at least a teenager. So this has been happening for years. 
years. And this isn't something that the boy's father wanted. This isn't something that the boy wanted. This isn't something that happened because they played with the Ouija board too much, right? This is something that happened that they weren't expecting, that they didn't want, but it gets even better when you understand the aspect of, I believe, but help me with my disbelief. The, the, the boy's dad hears that the disciples are in the area, that Jesus' right-hand men are there and can help, and he brings the boy to them first, right? What everybody else is saying, hey, these guys can help. This is your solution, and I'm sure this father has tried everything. He's had to watch his son 24 hours because what? That demon's trying to destroy him, and he takes them to the, to the, to the disciples, and nothing, nothing. So finally, the disciples bring the boy to Jesus. The boy starts acting out again. The demon throws the boy into fits. He's convulsing. He's foaming at the mouth. And he's like, I've, I've seen this before. And he says, if, if you can help, if you can help me, help me. See, so many times we think faith is this big, uh, let, me, let me just... It's been taught so incorrectly that if you name it, you can claim it. That's not faith. Faith is, faith is not something you get to manipulate. That's, that's not faith. And, and hear me. Some of you, you barely come to church because you think you have no faith. Can I tell you? That's not faith. Faith is not making God your genie. Okay? That's not faith. Here's what faith is, and I want us to understand it because it's my only point. Faith isn't getting what you want. It's holding on when you feel like letting go. Faith is not getting what you want. It's not praying things into existence, right? And we've heard all these phrases. It's not calling up TBN and, and giving $5,000 to that evangelist because all of a sudden, this is, this is it. He's a man of faith. No. It's not faith. Faith, when you're a great person of faith, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have any problems. In fact, I would say probably the opposite happens. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, in this world, you're going to have many troubles, but take heart. I've overcome the world. James said this, that count it pure joy, my friends, when you face trials of many kinds. Not if, but when. You're going to have trials. You're going to have issues that you face. And, and, and here it is. When we think faith keeps us exempt from hard times, when we find out reality is different and the truth is different, it shipwrecks our faith. It shipwrecks our willingness to hold on even though life isn't what we thought it would be. Even though life isn't what we had envisioned. So here's what um, faith is. It comes from a a Greek word called pronounced bistis. It's, it's spelled P-I-S-T-I-S, but it's pronounced with a B, bistis. And it says this, the belief with the idea, you can have trust or confidence in God. The belief with the idea that you can have trust or confidence in God. It's not that you understand God, right? It's not that you understand his timing. It's that you have the belief with the idea that even though you don't understand, even though you're not getting what you want, even though your prayer seems to be unanswered, you can still, even though life is here, you can still have confidence. You can still have confidence and trust in your Savior, Jesus Christ. 
That's faith. Faith is being able to worship and hold on even when you're going through the dark. Even when you're dealing with the difficult moments and you're questioning why. It's the Paul and Silas moment when they're in the jail, right? Paul and Silas weren't doing anything wrong. They were preaching the gospel. They get arrested, they get beaten, and they're chained in a prison. They're forgotten about, they're put away, and they're in chains in a, in a jail cell. And what do they do in their chains? They still worship through it. They start singing through their chains. And you and I have to decide, are we people that still believe and that we still have trust and confidence in God when we're in our chains? Or is it just when everything Thing is going like we want it to go. Can you still have faith when life doesn't go the way you envisioned it? What are you going to do with your chains? What are you going to do with it? Because they're coming. And I don't mean this is a doom and gloom sermon, but there's going to be hard times. And I love what Spurgeon said. He says, to trust God in the light is nothing, but trust him in the dark. That's faith. Man, to trust him when you can see everything and you understand everything and everything's going great, that's not faith. When it's dark and you can't see your hope and you don't see how it's going to work out, but you still hold on, that is faith. Here's what it says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Let your roots grow down deep into him and draw nourishment from him so you will grow in faith. Strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with thanksgiving for all he has done. So you will grow in faith. Faith is not something you manipulate. It's something you possess and you grow in. So how do you grow in it? Right? How do I, how do I grow in faith, how do I grow in being a person who can hold on even when I want to let go? How can I become a person who has confidence, who has a belief with the idea that I can have confidence and trust in my Savior even when I don't understand it? How can I have that business type of faith? How do I grow in that? The first thing is this, you carry it regardless. You carry it regardless. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 says, At all times carry faith as a shield, for with it you will be able to put out all the burning arrows shot by the evil one. At all times carry faith as a shield. Faith is something you pick up. Faith is something you carry around. The only person that can make or that can carry faith for you is you. It's not enough for your grandparents to have faith. It's not enough for your parents to have faith. It's not enough parents for your kids to have faith or your friends to have faith. You got to pick up faith for yourself. You've got to pick up faith for yourself. And here's the deal. This is the way I kind of, I always, okay, what, how, do, how, do I, how do I convey that? Carrying faith and making sure I feel like I am a person of faith and I'm carrying it around with me. How, uh, here, we, all of us here, you either have a purse or a wallet, more than likely, and you have a cell phone. And if you are without one of those and you don't know where you placed it, panic, pure pandemonium is happening in your mind, right? Some of you right now are like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where did I put it right now? You are panicking. Listen, you'll find your phone in just a second, right? Just name it and claim it and it'll be there. Um, <laughs> 
Here's the deal. When, when I can't find my phone, I'm like, oh, when I think I've lost my wallet, I'm like, I, I go to the extreme. Well, we're going to have to cancel all our credit cards. You know, I, I can't find it. I've looked five minutes, right? And it's, I look like a man. Let me, let me tell you something. There's a, there's a whole other definition of the way men look and women look, right? I, I know this now. I have, I have been enlightened to the truth. By my wife, I go in and I'm like, oh, I can't find it. Where'd you look? I looked on the bathroom vanity and she's like, did you look anywhere else? I'm like, no, that's where I left it. Well, apparently you didn't leave it there, Justin. Let's go and look. And she leads me around and she sent me a meme that said they should include in marriage vows and I vow to help keep up with all my husband's stuff. Um, it didn't say stuff, um, but um, there, it's just true. But when you're without it, you know it, right? And there's this panic inside you. And can I tell you, that's faith. That's the way we should feel about faith. Is that if there's something that's happening that I don't have confidence and I don't feel like I can trust God, somewhere along the line, I left faith somewhere. Because the only way that resolve grows deeper and deeper is by exercising it and, and practicing it more and more every day that you've got to carry it regardless. The second way that you grow is you lean in even when you don't understand and situations are out of your control. That's becoming a person of faith. It's not that you've read certain books. It's not that you know how to pray this magical prayer, but it's you even when you don't understand. Even when you have Job moments, even when you're this dad that you don't, you don't understand, why is my child in this situation? I've been dealing with this for years, and your disciple, I, I don't understand. And I, I'm having trouble with belief, but I'm still going to hold on. I'm still going to lean on. I'm still going to have this business-type faith that I can still trust and have confidence in my Savior, even though it's out of my control and I don't understand. Spurgeon also said this, my hope lives not because I am not a sinner, but because I am a sinner for whom Christ died. My trust is not that I am holy, but that being unholy, he is my righteousness. My faith rests not upon what I am or shall be or feel or know, but in what Christ is, in what he has done, and in what he is now doing for me. Hallelujah. That is a great, great, great quote. It's not about what you understand. My faith rests in knowing that he is still doing something for me, he is still doing something in me, and he is still doing something around me, I can still have faith and confidence in my Savior, Jesus Christ, because of that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, faith means being sure of things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we don't see it, right? Going back to the very first story, Casey knew, Casey knew there better be a ring coming, Right? She had confidence. Why? Because she could trust me. And you can have confidence that God still is with you because he loves you. Doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want. Doesn't mean that every miracle is going to happen, but it means you keep believing even when the miracles don't happen. It means you hold on even when you want to let Go, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six out of the message says this, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists. We do that part. We know God's real. We know he's up there, but here's the, here's the other part. And 
that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Doesn't say you're going to get a yes. God's not a yes man, right? But he does care enough to respond to you. I, I close with this. When I'm, when I'm flying to Africa, people ask me all the time, does it freak you out to be in an airplane that long, right? Because you're in a plane for like 16 hours. And you're like, how do you, do, how do you sit still, Justin? Because I see you preach. There's no way. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, yay. Um, <laughs> I'm standing up. I'm sitting down. I'm like, sorry, um, whoever I'm sitting by. But, um, they, they, but, but, but does it not freak you out to be in that little tube in the air flying through the... And some of you are like getting the sweats right now because you have fear of flying. And I got to tell you, I, it doesn't freak me out to fly because here's why. I, I don't understand the science of aviation. It, I am still a little kid. I want a window seat, believe it or not, because I want to look out the window and I want to watch us take off. And when we do, I'm kinda, I want to go, woo! You know, I'm a man, woo! Um, you know, I want to I want, I watch us take off. I think it's totally crazy that we're in a tube, a metal can with some engines on it with tiny tires to land on, Right? I'm like, who came up with that? Like, that's like a little boy's dream. Whoever came up with that, I'm going to put some rocket jets on this thing and just send it as fast as I can through the air. And when we land, I'm just like, that's awesome, right? I, I, I don't understand how it works. I don't have to understand how it works. I just trust that it works. When I get on the airplane, I don't like, you know, kind of like strut in like this and point to the, uh, the pilots and be like, hey, um, if you need any help in the area where you're flying, um, or that's called the cockpit, if you need any help in the, in the cockpit, just let me know. I'm your guy, right here. Row 47, right by the pooper, right? Because <laughs> I, I got my tickets on Expedia and they're all the way in the back. No. No, I, I don't, I can't put that thing in reverse. I don't know the first thing about flying, but I trust that they do. And here the truth simply is, many of us have more confidence in people flying and in an aircraft than we do our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we don't have confidence, when we have to try to understand it all, when we have to be able in, to be in control of it all, you know what happens? That's when we have fear of flying. That's when we have anxiety of flying. And I've got friends that, I mean, it freaks them out to go flying and they have to slosh themselves. I mean, they have to get almost drunk and like, I'm ready to fly. I'm like, I'm not sure you're ready to fly. If you are like, hey, where are we going? You know, and you're just going to Dallas. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> That's a 30-minute flight. We're all right here. Why is there anxiety? Because they have to be in control and they have to understand. But when you don't have to be in control and you can trust it, there's a peace. Like, man, I can't control it. I don't understand it, but I'm going along for the ride because I can trust it. And we can't trust an airplane more than we trust a Savior. Man, man life may not be going the way you thought, 
You may not understand it. You may not see how it's all gonna work out, but if we're gonna be people of faith, it may not be what you want, but you can still trust your Savior because faith is a belief within an idea that I can have confidence and, and, and trust in my Savior, Jesus Christ. It means I can hold on even when I'm not in control. I can hold on even when I don't understand all these things that are going on. It's leaning in when everything seems to be going out the window, man. Learn to become a person of faith that just holds on. Maybe you're there and you say, man, I I know you can, but I don't know if you will. Let me leave you with this scripture. It's a promise found in Psalms 121, verse 1 through 3. It says, I lift my eyes up to the hills, and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I love this verse. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. He is not asleep at the will. He's not asleep over his watch over your life. He won't let your foot slip. So have this business type of faith. Man, I I feel like you're asleep. I feel like I'm isolated. I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm in the dark. Man, have a belief with an idea that I can trust and not just trust, but have confidence that Jesus Christ is with me. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I ask right now that you would speak to our hearts and our lives. Lord, there's so many of us that were in this place. And God, we're struggling. Lord, there's some of us, we've struck, we think we're people uh, of poor faith because we've mistaken faith to be something that it's not. And so God, I pray in this place this morning that you would help us to understand what it means to be a great man of faith. God, Abraham didn't understand how it was all gonna work out. When he thought he was gonna have a child, it took way longer. In fact, the real fulfillment of the promise that you gave him came through Isaac. Came through that generation. God, he saw one son. Lord, he still was considered a man of great faith because he trusted you even when he didn't see it working out like he thought. Even when he couldn't see all the descendants, he still trusted you. Job didn't understand. It was out of his control. He lost everything, and yet he still had faith in you. He still held on even when his wife said, man, curse God and die. Just walk away from it. He held on and he stayed a person who had trust and confidence in who his God was. And so, Lord, I pray if we're here today, and man, life's just out of control. Life isn't what we thought. We're in the dark. We're with our chains. Lord, I pray that faith isn't operating in the light. It's trusting in the dark. That's faith. So, Lord, I pray that we would hold on. We become people who are tenacious in our faith, just stubborn in our faith to hold on because we know where our help comes from. We know that you will not slumber. 
or let our foot slip, but you hold us and you still have good for us. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance. This morning you may be here and maybe you're just not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you say, man, I just need to recommit my life because it's not where it should be. And somewhere along the way I let go when I should have held on. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And all I'm going to ask you to do is lift your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here this morning? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You, yeah, I see it. There's three. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in this service. You say, Justin, that's me. Somewhere along the line, I just didn't understand. Somewhere along the line, it didn't go my way, and I let go, and I'm not where I should be, and man, there's a there's an awakening. there. I just need to come home, and you join these three hands before we go any further in service. Is there anyone else here before we miss this moment before we go past this moment is there anyone else oh, there's one other hand is there anyone else you join these four hands this morning say Justin that's me that's me yeah I see your hand is there anyone else anyone else those that raise their hand if you'd repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart Jesus I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give these five individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause, yeah. Hey, I'm going to ask the ushers to come right now that are helping us with our communion. If you're helping us. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or are in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.